This is Life in FM, the Good Shepherd Fargo-Moorhead podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Life in FM podcast. I'm Pastor Taylor, your host, and today we're wrapping up our teaching series at Good Shepherd called Who God Says You Are, with a focus on the fact that you are called. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, and that's where we'll begin today. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. We'll jump into our message with Pastor Mary. This is Life in FM. On our very first date, Aaron took me up in an airplane, a Cessna 172. I was 19 and he was 20. And when I told my parents, my mom, who's right over there, was horrified. She said, how could you do this? I didn't sign a permission slip. And I said, mom, I'm 19. And perhaps I was too naive or too infatuated to realize if it was a wise decision or not. But we survived that flight and many flights since then. And this past year, Aaron has reactivated his private pilot's license again. And that means he is obsessed with all things aviation once again. He's always listening to aviation podcasts. He studies YouTube videos about flying and landing in different conditions. He watches documentaries about the history of flight. He is studying books on becoming instrument rated. And as he always tells me, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. (laughs) Now, I don't know about that. But the other week, I overheard an aviation term that I'd never heard before, attitude indicator. And I said, is that a thing? Not altitude, attitude indicator? And he said, yes, it's a thing. And he was so excited that I showed interest that he sent me a whole bunch of articles and videos that I could watch to learn all about it. Now, I have to confess, I didn't look at all the articles or watch the videos, but I did learn a few things. I skimmed a few articles, and I learned a few things about what an attitude indicator is. So basically, the attitude indicator tells you where the airplane is, the airplane's orientation. Like if the pitch is too high or too low, and what the bank angle is. And it's necessary to use an attitude indicator When you don't have good visuals, like if you're flying at night or in cloud cover, you have to rely on your instruments at those times. My husband has said that it's so disorienting when you're flying without relying on your visuals. You can think you're level and you're not, and vice versa. 
and you have to rely on your instruments. It made me think about how life is like flying an airplane sometimes. There are so many things changing around us right now that it is hard to know what end is up. So many things can be going on in our lives and constantly changing that we're wondering, what is that set point? What is that level point? It's been like that this whole last two years. But even before the pandemic, we've all acknowledged that change has just been accelerating faster than in any other generation. We've all been trying to adapt to constant change. And when so many things are changing, we can get disoriented and overwhelmed. It can make us lose touch with our values and our priorities. Or too much change can just make us want to check out and not care anymore. Your orientation can get off kilter and you can think, I'm not wanted or needed by anyone. My life has no purpose or meaning. I am a victim of an unfair, uncaring world that only brings me pain. Or we can get off kilter in the other way and say, I live only for my own fulfillment. Whatever I feel like doing or having in the moment is my right. I exist for no greater purpose than my own freedom, comfort, and enjoyment. Maybe you've even asked yourself, is there any meaning? What is the purpose of life? Does anything matter? This is when it helps to go back to the basics. You need to rely on your attitude indicator. Now, this attitude indicator on the instrument panel of an airplane may not help us when we're dealing with life outside of aviation. But that's where I think the sermon series we've been in can be of help. We have been going over the following things to help us regain our orientation. We've been learning who God says we are. And over these last six weeks, we've learned that God says you are wanted, you are valuable, you are secure, you are competent, you are beautiful. And today we hear you are called. You have a purpose to know God and to make God known. You can rely on the attitude indicator called the word of God. Part of our attitude indicator is also prayer and connection to God in prayer ourselves, but also other people praying on our behalf. We can be connected and um, reoriented with our attitude indicator by being part of our church family that can help us discover our purpose and our calling. In the letter to the Ephesians that we've been studying for six weeks, Paul begs his readers to lead a life worthy of their calling, for you have been called by God. That is an awesome thing. But what is a calling? The Latin word for calling is vocare, and that's where we get the word vocation. And in the Christian sense, a calling is the work that a person is called to by God. There are all sorts of voices calling to us and sending us down different paths in life. And in Ephesians, Paul begs you and me to lead a life worthy of the calling to which God has called us. Frederick Buechner says that to find the calling you have from God, look to where your deep gladness meets 
the world's deep hunger. So when one of your passions is also something that's needed in this world, that is a calling, that is a vocation. I like this diagram, but even the next one can show us how passion, mission, vocation, and profession can all work together. And these things working together can create a powerful calling. So you can look at the things that you love to do combined with what the world needs, and that can be your mission. And the things that the world needs, but that which you can get paid for, that's always important, is a vocation. And the things that you can get paid for that you're also good at, that's a profession. And the things that you're good at and you love, that's your passion. Each one of us can ask ourselves and evaluate those things over time about living into the callings that God has given us. Next week, Pastor Taylor and I will be having a question and answer sermon. And one of the questions we'll be answering is from one of our confirmation students about how we each were called to become pastors. And maybe as we share a little bit about our story, you can also see how God has called you to the places where you are. We have a powerful calling. And in Ephesians, Paul reminds us that God has chosen us, God has forgiven us, God has adopted us, God has given us an inheritance, and that means that we have a calling to know God and to make God known. And we can do that in many different kinds of professions, in many different ages and stages of life. God's calling is never taken away from us. But we also learn in Ephesians that our calling is not just an individual thing. Our calling is also collective. We are joined to Jesus, which means we are joined to all the people who are joined to Jesus, which gets pretty messy and complicated. We each have unique gifts, but our gifts are not separate from what God is trying to do through all of us. We are not islands. The things I do impact you and the things you do impact me. Throughout this letter, Paul is trying to keep our individual gifts working in concert with what we can do when we all gather together. He says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Now, how many times is the word one mentioned in this verse? Seven. I think that was intentional by Paul. Because biblically, seven is a holy number. It's a complete number. So Paul lifts up these seven things that remind us how important our unity is to God. God's attitude indicator shows us where we are and points us to our calling. But we are also helped by the kind of attitude that we bring to our interactions with others. And now I'm finally talking about the kind of attitude that Deacon Julie brought up with the kids today. The frame of mind that we bring to each and every day. We can have a good attitude or a bad attitude. Paul says that the kind of attitude that helps us live into our Christian vocation with one another is this. He says, be humble and gentle. 
Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Be patient, be humble, accept each other's faults. Oh, that's hard to do. I mean, in my mind, my faults aren't so bad, but it's other people's that are frustrating. Wait, what if you all think the same way? That your faults aren't so bad and it's other people's that are frustrating. This is where we run into some trouble. But I think, wouldn't it be beautiful if we found ways to work together in spite of all of our faults? That sometimes seems like an impossible task in this divided world. But what if each one of us we're willing to work on our attitude that we bring to any given situation, that we bring towards other people, especially those with whom we strongly disagree. Think of how powerful that would be. Think of how that would change so many of our interactions, both in our families and in our workplaces and in our communities, but also in our worlds, in our world. I think if we brought that kind of attitude of being patient and humble in our attitude with others, that could also help us feel less anxious and feel like we have a purpose. These times we are living in are disorienting. And so in this series, we have been trying to point to an attitude indicator by showing us who God says we are. So know that you are wanted by God. You are valuable in God's eyes. You are secure in your connection to God. You are competent. It's okay that you have strengths and limitations. And you are beautiful in God's eyes. And you are called to know God and to make God known. My prayer for you is that you would be pursuing God's call in your life, constantly seeking after what that may be in each stage. So I want you now to repeat after me. My life has an eternal purpose to fulfill. I have been created, equipped, and called by God in this moment of history. I am called to show God's mercy and love, to show unity in diversity in this corner of the world. That's my prayer for you. Amen. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, check back weekly for new content, and if you'd like to support this important ministry of Good Shepherd, you can go to our website, knowthegoodshepherd.org slash giving for a one-time or recurring gift, or you can text a dollar amount to the number 84321. Thanks for being a part of the community here at Good Shepherd. 
This is Life in FM.